Hi, it's Bonnie, and thanks for listening to The Leader Podcast. Did you know that if you hit subscribe, you can listen to The Evening Standards news analysis and interviews every day at 4pm? And if you like it, give us a rating too. Now, from The Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm Bonnie Christian. Are we facing a new lockdown? Clearly, the direction that all the evidence points to is some form of lockdown in the future that would cover a lot of the country. Our political editor, Joe Murphy, says it's looking increasingly likely. And... It often, you know, relies on using images, which are really outdated. Some people call them poverty porn. Warren wants Assad Rayman on why there's a problem with sending celebrities to Africa. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. In a moment, what would a new coronavirus lockdown in the UK look like? Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. We've always been clear that we rule nothing out and and keep other changes and options uh, on the table. That's Environment Secretary George Eustace on BBC Breakfast. His comments come as there are hints that a new COVID-19 lockdown covering much of Britain is looking increasingly likely. Meanwhile, Professor Sir Mark Walport, a member of the UK government's Scientific Advisory Group for Emergencies, says the number of people in hospital with the virus could more than double to 25,000 by the end of November. Our editorial column says some measures to prevent a second wave are clearly not working. Compliance is key to any public health campaign, and it is reliant on two beliefs. First, that the ask is seen to be reasonable and not overly burdensome. Second, people need to believe that everyone else is doing it, that they are not the suckers for following the rules. The 14-day quarantine falls down on both these metrics. Two weeks is too long. The government complains that public observance of the rules is worse than in the spring. It should reassess the self-isolation period with speed. Greater compliance around quarantine that works around people's real-world behaviour will be far more effective and slow the disease. Our political editor, Joe Murphy, joins me. Joe, what could we expect from a new coronavirus lockdown? Well, we're looking at some clues in the wind here and also some private discussions with um, sources in Whitehall and ministers. And clearly the direction that all the evidence points to is some form 
of lockdown in the future that would cover a lot of the country, not necessarily every bit of it. Um, one of the important things coming across from the government is they want to avoid a national lockdown, if at all possible. Partly, this is for economic reasons, um, because there are some areas of the country which can continue to work without um, being locked down because their rates aren't as high as other parts of the country. And partly, it's for political reasons, because, of course, Keir Starmer's been calling for a national circuit breaker lockdown for some weeks now, and the government wouldn't want to give him exactly what he wanted. So why, then, is this being floated as an option? Very simply, the case numbers are rising. Um, In some parts of Europe, they are exploding, and... One thing that Boris Johnson will be able to say is that he's not contemplating anything that other leaders aren't doing already. So tonight we expect um, Emmanuel Macron to go on TV in an address to the French nation and say that they need a lockdown of several weeks duration to try and control numbers which are threatening to overwhelm French hospitals In Germany, they have lower numbers than France and does indeed, but Angela Merkel is asking today, she's having discussions with the governors of their states to say, can we please go into a lockdown? Spain, of course, earlier this week started a state of emergency and Italy has put a curfew on its beloved restaurants from six o'clock every day. The whole of Europe is battening down the hatches and curbing people's freedoms and they're doing it for health reasons. And we cannot really avoid being pulled in that direction. Joe, Christmas is just around the corner. How soon could these restrictions be brought in and how long can we expect them to be brought in for? Well, there's a couple of um, big dates in the calendar. Mid-November, of course, is Diwali, which is an important religious festival for lots of um, people in this country. Uh, And a month after that is Christmas Day, which is an important festival for almost everybody in this country. So I think the government will bend over backwards to um, give some freedoms for those special dates. And from George Eustace to Defra Minister today, he indicated that Christmas gatherings between different households might be allowed for everybody, providing those gatherings aren't too big. Now, no definition of what that means, but I think an intelligent guesser would probably say the rule of six will apply, but you might be able to get, um, you know, you might be able to sit around the table with another household, um, perhaps um, some relatives, um, as long as the overall number stays within that limit. And in terms of duration, I don't think um, the government wants it to be a day longer than it can help. And we hear on the sort of Um, Whitehall grapevine that some ministers like Michael Gove and Matt Hancock are keen for some sort of tight circuit breaker or fire breaker type of lockdown whereas the Chancellor is resisting that and saying well let's make it as temporary and as confined as possible. Um, The Prime Minister will of course be the man who has to take the decision and it's not going to be an easy one whichever way he goes. Next they become the accessory to a a story which is really about the celebrity in themselves. Why comic reliefs, good intentions, faced backlash. The days of charity comic relief, sending celebrities like Stacey Dooley and Ed Sheeran to Africa, are over. 
using stars visiting poverty-stricken nations to make emotional appeals for donations, had been criticised as white saviourism and unhelpful. Now, for Red Nose Day next year, the charity says it will instead hire local filmmakers and photographers to offer what they say will be a more authentic perspective. Executive Director of anti-poverty charity War on Want, Asad Raymond, says it's a welcome move. He joins me. Asad, when people talk about what was wrong with Comic Relief's approach, they often use the term white saviour. What does that mean? White saviour is this idea that, you know, these whether it's celebrities or individuals, they are there to rescue these people of colour, people across Africa, Asia, Latin America, um, from their situation. Often the story is actually about this white saviour's journey and the focus is about them and it's their story and they become the heroes. So it's less about, you know, hearing the voices uh, of the local people, of local leaders, of local organisations who have the solutions. So it's a question about who is it sits at the heart and the centre of this story and who is the attention on. So that's in a very sort of short way of explaining what the white saviour complex is. But it actually goes and speaks to a much bigger issue, which is, you know, people are generally, of course, very generously putting their hands in their pockets to give to really worthwhile causes, including Comet Relief, who do really important projects. But, you know, it, it, it often, you know, relies on using images, which are really outdated. Some people call them poverty porn. You know, the classic picture of the starving children uh, with big eyes looking out you, out of you, with no, with no context, no social or political context of why poverty exists. It's simply that they become an empty image. And so the story is not really about them. They become the accessory to the to a a story which is really about the celebrity in themselves. These people, they likely have good intentions, but is their approach actually encouraging people to donate or to help productively? Well, I I think in the long run they don't. Uh, Of course, look, you know, the reason why they're used is is often charities see them as as very effective ways of pulling at the heartstring, of using the profile of these celebrities to generate income. But, uh, you know... I think there, there there's a question in terms of when people give to charity, they don't want to see these outdated approaches which are often racially demeaning or exploitative. What they want to see is, you know, they expect the sector to do better. They expect the sector to explain why does poverty exist? How can we solve it? And what is our role of people here in the UK who are giving generously in that? It's a part of a much, I think, much bigger question now that faces the, the charity sector and the aid organisations, which is that the public want this information, especially when we've seen the spotlight of the Black Lives Matter this year, the scandals of Me Too. The public expects the sector to be doing better. Do you welcome Comic Relief's move away from sending celebrities to Africa? Uh, absolutely, and I think it's uh, it's it's it, it's great to see that Comic Relief has listened to all of those voices and has made this decision. Um, 
I have to say it's been a long time coming. You know, 20 years ago, War on Want was one of the lead organisations, together with our partners in the Global South, calling on the sector, you know, to agree codes conduct, to stop using, you know, images that fueled prejudice in their depiction of the Global South. You know, and what's largely been lacking is leadership in the charity sector to put forward those sort of structural changes that put the communities and their voices and demands at the heart of its work. Um and so Comic Relief, I think, now making this decision, I think is really important signifier because it's such a well-known uh, brand. It plays such an important role within fundraising and giving each year. And of course, it's very public role with the BBC. Uh, so I think it's a very, very important signifier, but it's not the end. I think we have got a long way to still to go in the sector. So do you think celebrities still have a role to play? Celebrities do have a role. And I think that it's very important. Look, they should be using their platforms and voices to not only ask for donations, but they should be using their platforms to share the voices of Global South communities and their calls to act, right? And and their calls not only to act, but their solutions. And they should be pointing people here in this country, you know, who listen to celebrities about what they can do, how they can be part of the solution. And that means addressing the drivers of those injustices. They should be pointing out the policies of our governments and companies companies that create the poverty and inequalities that we see around the world and not simply, you know, simply just asking for donations. So in the morning, morning, they might be promoting a brand name and in the afternoon they ask their, uh, ask for charitable giving. I think that's not telling the true story of poverty and celebrities are not using effectively their voice to, to deliver real change. And that's what they should be doing. And that's The Leader. You can read more on those stories by picking up a copy of the newspaper or visiting standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from The Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.